Hello and welcome to the final episode of Series 3 of 3 Sports Rankers. I'm Callum and joining me as ever this week are Sam and Rob. Uh, the topic which was set for them by one of our, one of mine and Sam's colleagues, Bart, for this week was the best World Cup goals of the 21st century. We'll get onto points and listener bonus points and things like that in a minute, but just want to get um, a little thought from the two of you. How did you find the research for this one this week, boys? Good fun, more fun than some recent ones, um, just because I like watching some stonking goals. I don't know about you, Sam. Um, I I don't know if I... I, I realise watching these back how little of the World Cups I've watched in my lifetime. Like, I've, I hardly remembered that, oh, no. oh. that many of the goals. I really felt I was watching these thinking... Yeah, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here. I don't remember the context to pretty much any of these goals. So I've gone unbelievably basic and just literally picked my three favourite goals with no context whatsoever. Um, And I'm just going purely off technical skill. So it could be... I I think we could have three very different answers here, but I I honestly have no idea which direction you've gone in. When going through this, I kind of realised the World Cup has kind of a special part in my four-year sporting watching cycle in a in a sense that I I always watch a ridiculous amount of, like of World Cup games and I miss very few 2014 World Cup I I think I missed two two games across the whole tournament two or three I think I was the and same I remember like lying in bed watching like Iran Nigeria at like half midnight I have to admit, I think the lo- the most recent World Cup was actually the one I've, I've probably watched the most in my lifetime. And I think it was because we had it on, I mean, Callum will probably remember, we had it on in our office every single shift we had it on. So I actually watched a lot of matches and I got more into it than I have done before. Um, but yeah, this was this was a weird topic for me, like watching these YouTube compilations of goals I don't remember ever seeing before. So when it came into this one, very fresh, very clear head without a lot of sentimentality, which I don't know whether has helped or hindered me. We will find out in half an hour's time. Well, I think it's probably quite a good way to do it is just to sort of watch the goals in a vacuum almost and just take them as, as they are rather than any sort of context or, you know, late winners or come from behind winners or goals that sent teams through or things like that. Because I do think that kind of clouds the clouds the quality of the goal sometimes and some some goals get lost in the lost in the ether because they're not that important and they're they're scored in like a seven nil win or some goals get hyped up a little bit too much because they're the winner in like a round of 16 game or something like that so I think watching them in a vacuum is probably the way to go about it and judging them in the vacuum is how I'm going to try and go about it uh today um we are, of course, on the last episode of Series 3, which means that the listener bonus points have kicked in. And as we start today's podcast, it is very, very tight between the three of us. Um, starting Episode 9 in third place, surprisingly somewhat, is Rob, having picked up just half a listener bonus point. So Rob starts... I find that quite unsurprising rob starts today on 21 and a half points that very much Rob's in quest contention for a full because listener bonus points still goes on very much still in contention because in second place uh and out of the running for this series is me on 23 points uh picking up five listener bonus points this series um not quite enough to push me to the top of the table even if it was i wouldn't have a possibility of winning this series anyway because I've got to dish out the points today um but in the lead by the slenderest of margins going into the final day is Sam on 23 and a half points two and a half listener bonus points for you Sam which puts you just half a point ahead of me and just two points ahead of Rob so there is a pretty distinct possibility that there's going to be a shared title in series three what happens then? 
What does well, happen it's not, then? Well, it's not like we've got a trophy we got, or anything. We haven't got it, this so. written into the rule book. <laughs> it's not like we've got you, a trophy. Hey, Callum, just... you've potentially got about 25 minutes to think about a tie Yeah. Some tie-break format that we, we've not previously discussed have no idea how it's going to work. We're just relying on Callum to wing it in the next 25 minutes. God, asking Let's Mr. Go. Parameters to come up with a come up with a tiebreaker is pushing the boundaries, boys. I'll tell you that much. But we're going to get on with uh, the final episode of Series 3. Hopefully you've enjoyed it so far. Um, but we're going to move on with Episode 9. And we're going to start with the bronze choice of Rob. Don't have to go too, bu- don't have to go too far back for this one. Uh, Twenty eighteen World Cup, France versus Argentina. Benjamin Pavard with one of the cleanest all-time strikes the World Cup has ever seen. France are trailing two-one in the round of sixteen. I'm not sure they go through and I'm not sure they go on to win the World Cup without this stunner of a goal. So it's got the context, even though we are, um, as Callum said, probably judging these in a prism. Um, So the ball's clipped into the box. It's a great run down the left-hand side by the left-back, Luca Hernandez, kind of chips it, kind of dinks across in. And it goes to the far edge of the the right-hand side of the box. And uh, relatively unknown Stuttgart centre-back playing right back for France across the World Cup because uh, Benjamin Mendy can't uh, keep fit. Cut, kind of cuts the ball across this kind of incredible swerve volley and the angle and the ferocity of the finish and the swerve on the strike as well. It's just spectacular. And... This game is kind of remembered for Kylian Mbappe's two goals against Argentina, kind of announcing himself on the world stage. I remember those were the headlines afterwards. Also, it was very clear it was Argentina's kind of last gasp attempt, desperate attempt to keep the kind of messy World Cup dream alive. But for me, this goal in a standalone is just phenomenal. And Pavard gets the move to Bayern Munich off the back of it and his performance at the World Cup, obviously kind of returns, plays quite a lot of centre-back the last couple of seasons, proved himself as one of Europe's best defenders. He's set for a stellar career. I'm not sure all of that happens without this goal. You know, sometimes on the world stage, huge moments have to take place to really catapult a player's career. We've seen many players get signed off the back of a World Cup for that not to happen, but it's quite nice, I think, uh, that it's happening for Pavard right now. And I just find that an incredible goal. And one that when it happened, I was fortunate enough to watch it live. And I just thought, that's a very, very special finish. And it just so happens to be, in my opinion, the third best FIFA men's World Cup goal in the 21st century. It is a fantastic strike and a, a really good choice as well. Because I, you know, it's I think it's probably the goal of that tournament. Um, yeah, there were there were There were lots of good goals. But I think the one thing that sort of goes in favour of... Pavard strike is the camera angle from behind you know when you watch it when you watch it sort of in normal time you see a strike from the edge of the box and you're like that's a so that's a decent effort from a right back you know corner of the penalty area struck it across the goalkeeper into the top corner and then you see the angle from behind and you see how it rises and keeps rising and swerves a little bit and you're like oh that's a really special yeah. strike that one yeah. um and and for anyone for anyone listening to this this may not be the best um <laughs> topic for an audio medium have your phone get your laptop up whatever you can or maybe when you finish go back and watch these goals because it'll mean a hell of a lot more if, you, if you're not you know, super familiar with them. A, a lot of people listening to this, I appreciate, will be able to just recall these goals very easily. Well, that's exactly what I've done is I've I've asked the two of you to send me clips of each of your goals um, for your podiums. And as you were describing it, Rob, I was I was watching that Pavard goal back and it's just the, the strike is so clean. And like I say, from a from a right back and with the camera angles working in his favour, it reminds me of that... Um, goal that uh, Paul Pogba scored for Juventus where like it went viral because someone recorded it in the crowd and it just had like dip and swerve for days and went in the top corner and was just ridiculous um, 
so yeah, a fantastic answer, Benjamin Pavard, the uh, French right back. His goal against uh, Argentina in the 2018 World Cup. Sam, what's going up against it for bronze? Well, there's one thing I realised going through this list, and and there's a certain type of goal I don't particularly like, but that will sort of become clear as I go my list, go through my list. What I really like is goals that absolutely sort of stand out on their own, like are really unique, and you've not quite seen anything else like them. And that's why my bronze is Robin Van Persie against Spain in 2014. The diving header, the iconic image from that World Cup, which is him leaping like a salmon in one of the most bizarre positions you've ever seen a footballer do. Um, I mean, the the match itself, I, I actually remember, which is pretty rare as we've already discussed. The, the, the 5-1 trouncing the Netherlands gave Spain at the 2014 World Cup. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it, it's such, it was a goal that just, I'd, I've not seen anything else like it in, not just in World Cup history, but in sort of football history that I can remember. I'm sure you guys probably can remember something similar, but ball comes across from around the halfway line, maybe even slightly in his own half from, from Daly Blind, the left back. And this run from Van Persie is just perfect. He, he times it to perfection. And the ball probably comes in around the D, just on the outside of the box. You wonder exactly what he's going to do. And he just does this like diving header. It just makes the goalkeeper look so completely silly. Um, and, and just everything about it was just, the cross was perfect. Van Persie's run was perfect. The header was perfect. You know, he, he left himself plenty of room. It, it's not like it just crept inside the bar. The, the arc on the header was just perfect. It came straight. I just absolutely love this goal. And and like I say, the sort of, I remember that header being this, the, the sort of Van Persie dive being the defining image of that, that, uh, that 2014 yeah. World Cup. BBC Sport, Rob, you'll, you'll know this. It was, it was all over and it still pops up from time to time. The sort of leap like a salmon score, like a Van Persie style image. It was great. It was just a, a really memorable goal that really stands out in World Cup He'd history. Spent- He'd spent basically two years peeling off the last man for Arsenal and United and just waiting for those balls over the top. It was like from Alex Song and then, you know, all sorts of like Rooney was providing them and all sorts of players were just picking him out constantly with the runs around the side. And I also remember, and there's, there's something quite poetic about how that, that was like the fall of Tiki Taka Spain. And it was, in the, there is something quite ironic and poetic about the fact that it was kind of undone in a really memorable and iconic way by a ball over the top <laughs> and just the striker just peeling off his defender and just nutting it into the back of the net um fantastic see, see that see thank you for that rob you've provided the context i clearly did no research on which is great um but you, you're absolutely right about van Persie. we're so used in the premier league to see sort of balls coming over his shoulder and him hitting them on the first time volley we're, we're used to him scoring yes. goals like this but this sort of unique style header where it's just, it's just such, so clever. I've just not really seen anything like it. It was so clever. And and to sort of think to do that in that moment. um, I just, I just love it as a goal. I really, really do. I think it's completely unique um, and it really stands out and makes it so memorable. I think. Van Persie's crowning moment and the major tournament as well. Trust me to add some and, and weave some narrative into into these goals. I'll, I'll give it my best. <laughs> if you could do it for all three of my answers, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll do. I'll, I mean, I'll do it for all six if you want. No, good good choice, Sam. I'm big fan of that one, and it's you know, it's often talked about as one of one of the goals of that World Cup. I'm not sure if there's any more to come from the 2014 World Cup, but that was that was certainly one of the goals of the tournament. Um, and like you say, Rob, Van Persie had been doing that with his feet for a couple of seasons. With Obviously, he scored the goal which won Man United their 20th title with a goal like that with a pass from Rooney. But then to do it with his head, Sam, is just a fantastic bit of improvisation as well. And like Rob says, the fall of Tiki Taka Spain and the, the rise and subsequent fall of Louis van Gaal in in the in the mind of the English uh, football fan, um, it's a really interesting choice that, and it's going to be a tough one to have to judge. I think when I get to 
when I get to judging at the end. But uh, we'll move on to silvers. And I think we'll start with Sam this time. Sam, what's your silver choice? Okay, my silver choice is a goal I had never seen before in my life uh, from a World Cup I hardly remember watching, which is the 2002 World Cup. Um, And it was Ed Milson's goal for Brazil against Costa Rica. Another one, again, I'd never come across it before, but when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this stands out. This is different. This is unique. And the reason it's kind of unique is, you know, there's sort of standard build-up play, Rivaldo's involved, push that to the left-hand side. And then Ed Milson feeds the ball out to, to someone on the left. I can't remember who it was. Cross comes in and it takes a deflection. And it sort of reminded me a little bit of Rooney's, except it doesn't come off his shin. Um, and so the, this ball pops up and Ed Milson does this strange sort of acrobatic dive where he's facing totally the wrong way and he jumps and it's not quite a bicycle kick and it's not quite a scissor kick. It's some sort of weird diagonal movement in between. Um, and he, he, he jumps in my opinion, too early and has to hover in the air for quite a long time waiting for this ball to come down. And he just connects with the ball perfectly from quite an odd angle as well. Not quite as, as severe as sort of the the, Paolo Di, the famous Paolo Di Canio goal, but it's heading along those lines um, and just lobs the keeper with this sort of bizarre acrobatic sort of inch perfect shot, vo- shot volley diagonal thing that, just catches the keeper completely out. And I just, again, like I sort of said, I like goals that, that totally kind of stand out from the crowd. Um, and there wasn't anything else like this on, on any of the goal compilations that I watch for every World Cup. It, it was really unique. It really stood out. Um, I have no idea of the context. I'm assuming, and, and to any Costa Rican listeners, no disrespect, I'm assuming this was a group stage match um, as Costa Rica were involved. Um, but it was just, it, yeah, it was just, I, I found it really unique. I, I thought it was incredible, an incredible feat of athleticism to kind of adjust his body in the way that he did. Um, and yeah, it sort of stood out for me. And, and that really was the reason I picked it. Fair play. Rob, any recollection of this goal? Any context to add to it? Um, very fortuitous goal, I think. Um, the Van Persie is incredibly clever, a lot of skill. Um, the Pavard is like the cleanest of clean strikes you'll ever see. I think this is very, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's um very wonderfully weird goal. It kind of deflected cross, goes for, goes for the bicycle, ends up half scissoring it kind of looping finish as well he's kind of he's inside left so he's not really got much of the goal to aim at um yeah quite you say better than Rooney's because he didn't shin it I think it's still quite fortunate like it's impressively acrobatic um I think if you contrast it with and this isn't a world cup goal but you know the crazy Zlatan goal for Sweden against England when they're opening their new stadium like it's similar, but Zlatan is trying to do that from, albeit 35 yards or whatever, the ridiculousness of it was. This is kind of quite, he's got himself in a bit of a tangle, but still manages. Well, I mean, what, so, I mean, the reason he's, uh, I guess you could sort of say, it depends how you look at it. The reason you sort of say he's got himself in a bit of a tangle is he's on, I mean, the cross has come in from the left. He's also on the left-hand side of the box. So his his sort of period of time to adjust his body is a lot lower than, say, the Rooney goal, the Zlatan goal, where there's a lot more time for them to sort of decide what they're going to do. And, and Zatan's goal is absolute yeah. madness. Let's just get that one out there now. To even attempt that was bonkers. Um, but I just... Ended Ryan Shaw crosses. It, it was just, it was career. that, it was that the, the window of time he had, he was acting purely on reflex. And it was just such a, I, I just, I was so impressed by the way he had adjusted his body shape and to connect with it as cleanly as he did, that was that was the sort of sole reason for me. I was just like thinking, do you know what? Fair play. That's that's that's. Uh, and there's definitely there's definitely an element of luck with 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 um, with a goal like that. I think there always is, but I I just really appreciated how he was able to manipulate his body in such a creative way so quickly. 
And that's, for me, how it snuck its way onto silver. Uh, do you know what? It's not a goal that I thought we'd see on either of your lists today, but I will give you props for it, Sam, because it is a fantastic goal, and it, it it's not it's not a hit and hope. Like he's he's relatively close to the goal, but it's it's not like he's just trying to get a foot on it and get it on target. He's he's genuinely getting his body into that position, thinking this is going in. And it's a really clean strike as well from a weird angle and a weird body angle. And it's a really, it's actually a really, really good goal. The more I watch it, the more I've been able to appreciate it. Um, Calculated I chaos, it's, it's, I think, is probably how I'd describe it. It's a, it is a good goal. And Rob's right, there is an element of fortune with it. But, you know, that I think that comes from the fact that, you know, the cross is deflected and it's you know, a, a defensive midfielder making his way into the penalty area to kind of get anything on the ball, really. Um, kind of hoping to... He, I think he was maybe originally hoping for, to just have a flick header at the near post and ends up pulling off some kind of gymnastics routine to put the ball into the back of the net. So um, an interesting choice, a, a left-field choice for your silver medal, Sam, Rob, what's Literally going up against it? Yeah. Um, this is one for the purists. Um, I wouldn't describe the future Mrs. Schofield as, as a purist. As uh, when I showed this to her, she said, quote, get on with it. Um, <laughs> Esteban Cambiasso, Argentina versus Serbia, 2006. Lucy, Lucy, uh, Lucy, a route yes. one football yeah, fan. Yeah, of course. She, 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 I mean, she, like you, Callum, a big Sam Allardyce. <laughs> um, this was incredible. So group stage match 2006, Argentina had a 1-0 lead. Maxi Rodriguez scored after six minutes, who, by the way, also scored an absolute stonker in the 2006 World Cup. Argentina in that World Cup, my word. Anyway, um, so this is on the half-hour mark. He plays a role in setting up what is probably... You could argue one of the greatest, well, the greatest World Cup goal. It's very, very different to my bronze uh, and very, very different to my gold. But this is a special goal because it's a combination of unbelievable intelligence from a footballing point of view. It's a full team goal with a fantastic finish to the end of it as well. So Rodriguez dispossesses um, Mateo Kesman inside his own half, then pass after pass after pass after pass. I counted 25 in total the movement around the pitch to watch all the Argentina players just peel off each other is just fan- like phenomenal to watch. It is textbook. And this is kind of before Tiki Taka, which we mentioned, kind of set off in Spain and Barcelona. And people often forget that Argentina had this in their pedigree as well. So Jose Peckerman is inheriting this side from the one and only Marcelo Bielsa uh, in the early 2000s. So Rodriguez, along with Mascherano, uh, Raquel May, Cambiasso, they all have numerous touches in this move. He plays a 1-2 Saviola eventually when he gets the ball with Raquel May, then passes on to Cambiasso, who finds Crespo in the box. He pulls off this delightful like back heel to Cambiasso, who then launches it into the roof of the net from the penalty spot. It is a beautiful goal. And also what I love about this, and this has got no bearing whatsoever on the goal, but the commentary is just timed brilliantly because the commentator, and I can't remember who it is, as as it's starting to build up, he goes, oh, this is what Argentina love to do. They love to uh, hold possession. I've seen their youth sides do this. And then and then they just have a tendency to to break with dynamic effect just as they break with dynamic effect. And then he pulls this goal off to Cambiasso, who rifles it into the net and goes, oh, that's the goal of the tournament, one of the goals that we've ever seen. And just there's no, um, just the conviction in the commentator's voice. And I can't remember who it actually is, but it's fantastically delivered. And it, it kind of falls in the palm of his hand because he's teeing it up, you know, and it could so easily not happen, but it just completely plays out brilliantly. I love this goal. And it, like I said, it's, it's, it is one for the purists. Um it's a, it's it's got the rare combination of a brilliant individual goal and a brilliant team goal at the same time. Yeah, it was um, it was one of those goals that I, I did feel a little bit guilty leaving off my list. And again, it kind of comes down to the 
it's sort of what you said at the start, Rob, um, about Lucy watching it. I, I was a little bit like, this is obviously a great girl. This is obviously a proper purist girl. It's got that sort of, you know, like Wilshire's goal for Arsenal, stuff like that. Like the build-up play, the commentary, as you say, is is just so perfect for the goal as well. Um, it It's just, I was sort of going on, what goals do I sort of want to see over and over again? And... I want to see this. Yeah, see, for me, I I was just a bit like, there's only so many times I can watch a 24, 25 pass build-up play. I remember it. I remember that goal from that World Cup because I remember, again, probably the BBC did like a, how many passes did Argentina manage in this goal? It's like they'll show the first two in real time and then do the next like 15 at like double pace with like funky little graphics. And then it would cut back to the sort of, you know, the, the, the finer details around the box. It, it, I mean, obviously, yeah, again, like you say, it's obviously a great goal for the purists. It, it probably came in at number four for me. Like it, it did only just miss out. Um, but it just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just wasn't, I didn't actually think the strike was that clean for the, for the finish. I know you said he rifles it into the back of the net. <laughs> I don't, I don't think the strike is, is, is exactly necessarily where he was aiming, but. That's, I don't know. It's nitpicking. I think it is. It's it's a, it's a if wonderful. If you're on the goal. receiving end of that, if you, if you're Cambiasso and you've broken into the box, knowing that your team has kept possession for 25 passes, not that he was counting. I'm not going to pretend he was. And then there's the this absolutely gorgeous backheel that leaves you completely open. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that the pressure <laughs> might get a little bit to him and he might not hit it quite cleanly, but he still scores it brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one no, thing I will say, Callum, your memories of that one, I imagine that's one for you. I mean, uh, yeah, I d- personally, I don't actually recall very much of the 2006 World Cup at all, if I'm honest. I mean, I know it was in Germany and we had the and we were in secondary school, but I don't, I genuinely don't remember very much of it. But I do remember the Cambiasso goal, and I, 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 know, I get Sam's reasoning behind, you know. Would I would I want to sit through this and watch it over and over again on a loop? And you know, it is a it is a goal for the for the football purists, but it is a it is a remarkable goal to keep keep possession for for uh, twenty five passes. And one thing I will say is that the team that Argentina had out that day is just stacked full of talent. I know Ayala, Hense, Serene. Um, Maxi Rodriguez, Javier Mascherano, Esteban Cambiasso, Raquel May, Saviola, Crespo. Cambiasso came off the bench in that game and he scored. that goal was scored after half an hour. He came off the bench after 16 minutes. And the other two subs they brought on that day, Carlos Tevez and Leo Messi. Yeah. <laughs> that is a ridiculous team. <laughs> um, and Messi and Tevez didn't even have a hand in that goal. It's just, that is... A remarkable team scoring a really, really remarkable goal. And I've just noticed that on the bench was former West Ham right back Lionel Scaloni, who started the FA Cup final for us that season as well. So <laughs> quite the quite the um of quite course the of course you managed goal. to shoehorn West Ham into an episode about FIFA World Cup goals. Quite the quite the golfing class between the eleven players who started on the pitch and Lionel Scaloni on the bench, but you know he's the current Argentina manager. I think yeah, I think I did know that actually, and um, tying it into Newcastle as well. Fabrizio Colaccini was on the bench for that one as well. Oh, um, so two really really good choices for Silva. Again, two very very different goals as well. Um, so another another difficult decision. Thanks for that, boys. Um, We'll go on to golds now, though. Um, you know what? We'll stick. We'll, we'll stick. We'll stick with Sam. We'll see what his third, um, l- not left field choices, but we'll see what his his third choice is, and if it's a if it's a completely different goal to the first two. Um, well, like you say, Callum, we've we've sent you all of ours beforehand, so that was a that was a lovely little intro to that there. But you know exactly what this goal is, and I'm I'm very intrigued to see what this does to your. It's decision the illusion, Sam. It's the illusion. It's the illusion. <laughs> um, so my gold is, and I didn't want to sort of you know it's the last episode of the series. I didn't want to take the drama out of it early on, but it's Benjamin Pavard is my uh, is my gold choice. Oh. It just is the. I mean, you you sort of said it earlier, Rob. It's just the the pure strike 
And it's one of those goals that it looks good from every angle, but absolutely, as you said, there is that one angle from sort of directly behind him where you see this, it's an outside of the foot half volley, which has no right to not go out of the stadium. And yet somehow it just stays at this incredible level. It doesn't, it, it slightly raises at the very, very end but it mostly just stays completely fat. I don't fully understand how, from a physics angle, the ball is able to stay so flat. It, and the, this, is, this is my favourite fact I discovered about it. There is a website out there which literally is just dedicated to playing this goal on a loop over and over again, which I just think is super fun. Um, Till the end of time. But again, there was, so I sort of said, I, I, I said at the start, there's a, there's, a, there's a range of, a sort of area of goals scored that I don't, I just they all there's a lot of very similar goals that people seem to think very highly of and I think a lot of them are quite overrated which is the sort of take the ball on the chest either let it bounce once or hit it first time on the on the volley there's a lot of goals like that um in these compilation videos and they're all very similar and I was largely disinterested in most of them this Pavard goal there is a little bit of context to the fact that it's in the knockout stages, the fact that he's a defender. You don't expect this type of... You might expect this from like Kevin De Bruyne, but you don't expect this from, from like you say, Rob, a centre-back turned right-back. Um, and I remember... I, I've got a feeling I was in the office with you, Callum. I, I'm not 100% sure, but definitely I was in the office with other people and we... Re- I, I just was watching that goal on a loop afterwards. And when this topic was said last week, I said... Do you know what? It's going to take something really special to 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 beat this. And after watching every goal that was scored in the World Cup, including some absolutely terrible ones, um, this, this I, just nothing beat this for me in terms of. I don't think there was a purer strike. Again, it had that unique element of it's like an outside of the foot half volley, which you don't really ever see. His body shape was just perfect. The connection was perfect. You know a goal's good when the goalkeeper just stands there and watches it goes in and goes, yeah, I wasn't getting close to that. I was not getting close to that at all. And like you said, Rob, without it, there's every chance France do not win that World Cup. Um, so yeah, Benjamin Pavard is 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 my uh, my greatest World Cup goal of the of the 21st century, I guess. FIFA Men's World Cup goal. You talk about goals like no other. You talk about goals that defy physics. I agree with everything that you were saying in terms of where Pavard's goal ranks, but I have a I have a goal which I believe do, does supersede it. Do you, Callum, can you guess which one I'm going to go? Well, for? I mean, I'm, in fact, you I'm, know, I'm, you know I'm which watching. One I'm, go I'm, for, I'm so. watching it now, so yeah, I hate, yes, I hate, I hate to break that illusion. <laughs> the illusion. <laughs> Giovanni Bron- Bronckhorst, Netherlands Uruguay, 2010. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Sam, he's, he's way out on the left-hand side. He hits a long speculative shot that uh, the goalkeeper should do better with that one. Don't, don't talk it down like that. <laughs> I've never seen a goal like this before in my life. We've just passed the halfway line on the, on the left-hand side. This is a semi-final at a World Cup between Netherlands and Uruguay. 18th minute. Nothing is on. Nothing is on. And he unleashes this absolute screamer that went into the top corner of the far post. It was the goal of the tournament in 2010. It's the goal of any World Cup, in my opinion. And the Netherlands went on to win 3-2. It's a bit of a shame they decided to abandon their total football philosophy and kick the living bejesus out of Spain (laughs) to lose the final. But as a one-off goal goes, they don't come any better than this. And honestly, in terms of, like, I have seen people attempt half volleys outside of the, I mean, Charisma, for example, scores a great outside of the, outside of the boot finish in the 2018 World Cup for Portugal. But I've never seen a goal like this in a World Cup or outside a World Cup, period. It stands alone. Do you think, Rob, that the goalkeeper should have done better? Shame on you. No, I was going to say, do you think maybe that if that the angle of the goal works in its favour? Because if that's if that's hit from square on in front of the goal, I don't think it's quite as impressive. Yeah, 
undoubtedly. It's because it's basically from like it, you could take a throw in from when he hits this ball. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good thirty yards out, and it's yeah, one it's thing a... I will say in in Van Bronckhorst's favor is that it's hit with the worst World Cup ball of all time. I, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's the the um the, is it called the Jamba Jam. Jabalani. Jabalani. I was going to call it the jambalaya, but I think that's a dish, isn't it? Um, the... that's, a, that's food. Yeah, that is food. Yeah, that, that's like a paella type thing. Yeah. Um, um, but the, the the ball was an issue that entire World Cup, I seem to remember. And Yeah. Um, but again, we're kind of, we're, we're doing these goals in a, in a prism. Yeah, we? I, we are. But I'm just, I'm just trying to give it a little bit more context for, for the people yeah. listening, because, what, you know, it, this is, this has been chosen as your greatest World Cup, greatest FIFA men's World Cup goal of the 21st century. And I think what, something that I seem to remember is that the only person who could really understand how to hit that football up to that point in the tournament was Diego Forlan. So it's slightly ironic that Van Bronckhorst scored this goal against Forland's side. Yeah, I think as well, when I was looking back throughout then, like Sam, going through the YouTube reels and reels of goals, makes you remember that there are actually rarely very, very special goals in semi-finals and finals of World Cups. And again, I know you know we're watching standalone, but I don't think you could ignore the fact that this is in a World Cup semi-final. A World Cup semi-final, and he scores a goal like that. That does not. That does not happen every day. That probably won't happen again. It's very, very rare. It's very, very one-off. You don't see goals like this scored ever, except for it to happen in a World Cup semi-final at this world. Yeah, I can. I can see. I can totally see why you've picked it when you add the 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 context element to it. I mean, I I, I say I sort of watched all these goals I, I noted down anyone that I, that I was like could have a chance I probably had about 13 or 14 after watching them all and it was on it made that long list I'll give it that um but watching it without any context I do you know what you you've said I've, I've never seen another goal like it in football I just felt like I really have like I have seen that type of goal scored before and it says a lot that nothing immediate I'm not immediately like oh this goal like nothing exactly springs to mind but when you were describing it there for the first time Rob and you were saying oh he's, he's just inside the opposition half that was that was I've just watched it back there was a bit of creative uh, freedom with that one he's much closer to the box than he is to the halfway line um it is it is a lovely strike um I I would I think my memories of it and I haven't I haven't watched it since I picked it but he I think he picks it up from the halfway he, he line picks it up he, ta- he, he takes a in. nice first touch he, he sets it out for himself very nicely and then has a, a big like two or three strides to strike yeah yeah I I mean I just I honestly when I watched it I I thought this is a lovely strike keeper should possibly get slightly more on it was was what maybe pushed it out of contention for me um. Yeah, it's 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 a nice strike. I think context does a little bit of the heavy lifting on that goal, but that's just that's just my opinion. And ultimately, my opinion does not matter in this episode. It's uh, it's Callum's opinion that it comes down to. Yeah, I have a position of fairly considerable power as far as this podcast goes today, um, and I'm struggling with a couple of the choices. It has to be said, so I'm just gonna. I'm going to ask you two to wax lyrical about a couple of goals that maybe just didn't quite make it onto your podium. Um, sort of your honourable mentions, if you will, um, while I try and figure out who's going to appear on this podium. Uh, Maxi Rodriguez, Argentina 2006. <laughs> um, Rob's love affair with that side Van, continues. Van Persie's goal. Almost made it. Yeah, Cambiasso's well. was was definitely my fourth. I was sort of weighing up between. Uh, there was for me, Pavard stood out a little bit more than the others. But Ed Milson, Van Persie, and Cambiasso, I, I did sort of chop and change a little bit between between those three on who should make it. And I did think um, that Cambiasso might get chosen, um, which was perhaps the reason I, I opted to leave him off. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But um, what other goals? I've got a bit of a love affair with James Rodriguez uh, for Colombia. Ah, see, 
in 2020. Oh, see, now I've got issues with that. That that falls into the bracket of goal I was talking about that I think is is wildly overrated, along with Joe Cole's. Uh, I know what you along, mean. Yeah, know those mean. those type. Joe Cole's in particular kept cropping up on a load of lists and on some very high. And I was like, but he's as, just as, hit this and hoped for the best, and it happens to have gone in. As as is probably becoming evident with my choices, uh, I didn't know we were doing this out of context because quite a lot of mine require the context for the goal. And um, I mean, to be fair. Columbia were Columbia was so much fun in that world. Yeah, we 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 and weren't we, we weren't necessarily moment. doing it out of context. That was it was just purely the route that the the to to sort of use a Callumism, the sort of parameters I set for myself just to to help me narrow it down. Just take I just took context out of it, um, for, for just to just to make my life easier. Callum, were there any that you expected to be in this list that that didn't crop up? Do you know what? My favourite goal of the last four World Cups or however many, five World Cups, isn't hasn't made it onto either of your lists and hasn't been mentioned in the honourable mentions either, which I think is the best goal from the 2014 World Cup is Tim Cahill's volley. Mm, yeah, I, I again, it was one that made my long list and it was probably, like, probably came in about sixth or seventh for me, I think. Weak, weak yeah, foot, over-the-shoulder, um, first-time volley. It's helped by the ball crashing in off the underside of the crossbar and then hitting the roof of the net on the way back up. I, I just, I like, it's, it's like, like Sam's choices, it's not a goal that you see every day. Um, and he, he just, kind of, I, I think my favourite thing about it is that he literally just kind of lashes it and goes, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make contact with it and I'm going to hope that it goes either side of the goalkeeper. Tim Cahill in that World Cup very much not really putting in the hard yards just waiting for the ball to fall fortuitously at his feet and that was very much the case with this goal Um, it was an incredible finish I think again for some reason I've got to have a little bit of like meaning you know Australia didn't do anything in that World Cup and therefore a little bit that just has an impact for me when I think I choose because I've got to have that memory of like what it meant and the kind of variables around it the scenario it was in but yeah I mean but a, a, it's a footballing hill that I'm very willing to die on is that Tim Cahill's goal is superior to Hammers Rodriguez um but that's don't disagree that's just uh that's one of my opinions that I'm kind of just very very uh very I'm, staunch on I'm with you on that hill um but I think I think I think I've come up with a podium for this final episode of series three. And not only is this going to determine who wins the episode, but it's also potentially going to determine who wins series three of three sports rankers, which is, it's quite the, um, it's quite the responsibility to put on my shoulders, boys. I'll be honest. One of the um, one of these series upcoming, Callum, you'll be in the position where you could win coming into the last episode. It's coming. I can. Who feel knows? It. Maybe maybe in series four, I'll already have won by the final episode. Oh yeah, the, yeah. It, the season you finally win, you suck all the fun out of it by winning before the last episode. <laughs> in like in like episode six, it's all done and dusted. Yeah. Um, right. I think I've got my podium for today for the best. FIFA men's World Cup goals of the 21st century. My bronze choice. And it's a tough one because I've just waxed lyrical about what I think is the best goal of the 2014 World Cup, Tim Cahill. Um, Rob's waxed lyrical about James Rodriguez's goal for Colombia. Um, and it goes, you know, Van Persie against Pavard. It's a, it's a really, really difficult choice, especially considering the gold choice that I've had to make between Pavard and Van Bronckhorst. So for that reason, I'm going to skip the bronze and go on to the silver because I realise that's going to be much easier. Uh, <laughs> really stringing this out. Yeah. I didn't mean to string it out. I meant I meant to start with the silver all along, then started with the bronze and had to kind of seg- segue my way into the silver. Um, but the silver is probably the easiest choice of the episode. It's Esteban Cambiasso's goal for Argentina. It's really a like you say Rob a football purist's goal um 
one which involved every single outfield player for Argentina, 25 passes, Cambiasso's finish. It does leave a little bit to be desired, Sam. I'll, I'll give you that. But in fairness, Cambiasso is a defensive midfielder. He's probably had a nosebleed from being that far up the pitch anyway. So give him credit for hitting the target. Um, and yeah, I think that Cambiasso goal is one of those which, when you mention sort of top 10 lists and top five lists of goals, it's always going to be in that kind of conversation. So uh, Cambiasso gives Rob two points for the silver medal, which brings him level with Sam. We're gonna go. Drama. We're gonna go bronze first. We're gonna go bronze first, and it's gonna be Robin Van Persie's head up because I just, it, like Sam said, it was a remarkable piece of improvisation. Um, Rob gave us the context of you know he'd been doing that for a few years from the likes of Alex Song and Wayne Rooney at club level, and then to thank you for the context, Rob. And then to go, well, I, I, I didn't need the context. I knew the context already. But, um, you know, it, it was a a magnificent piece of improvisation, which kind of, as Rob alluded to, killed off Tiki Taka in a way, in sort of this ironic moment of brilliance where it's just kind of route one football and a header that finishes off Spain's Tiki Taka um, dominance of world football, which only leaves. Benjamin Pavard against Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and they're two. They're more similar than the other two goal than the other two choices I've had to make. I think it's fair to say. It's whether I like the outside of the foot rising volley from or half volley from Benjamin Pavard, or do I like the take a touch out of the feet, set yourself, and absolutely wang the ball goalwards from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I didn't know what you were going to yeah, say. Yeah. Was... Oh, that's one way of diffusing the tension. And it, honestly, this is maybe the most difficult choice I've ever had to make on this podcast because I love both goals. But the goal I love slightly more is Benjamin Pavard. I just think that I think the technique of Pavard's goal like Sam said, that it was the angle of his body and the angle of the strike and the way it rises as it hits the back of the net. It's it's one of those goals that you see very... Like, I mean, Van Bronckhorst's goal is kind of a once-in-a-blue-moon goal, but so is Pavard's goal. And it was just... I, th- I think the Pavard goal might be my favourite World Cup goal of the 21st century. I mean, I've just voted it as such, but I think if I was put, I think if I was putting a list together for this episode, that might well have been my gold choice, and if not, it would have been my silver choice. So, for that reason, I've got to go with Benjamin Pavard in the gold position, which means congratulations, Samuel Barker, season three, three sports rankers champion. Crack out the old, uh, the the out of date social media picture of me holding one of Brazil's World Cups. Very fitting for this episode <laughs> because it's coming home. Got my title back. Lovely. And in the end, in the end, a a, a relatively comfortable victory. Twenty seven and a half points for you, Sam. Twenty three and a half for Rob, and uh, twenty three for me. So the closest, I think, the closest I've come to a. Not losing, not being last this in, the, in this in this podcast in the three series history of the podcast. Rob, how do you feel about that one? Apologies, firstly, but how do you feel about it? No, I mean, uh, fair play. I picked it. It was on my podium. It's a great goal. It, do you and know I what? I tell you, you what. It's, it's, and it's the classic. It's the classic Rob. It's the classic Rob Schofield trope of you've both picked it, so it has to be on the podium. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was really quite worried actually that you were going to just lob that trope in the bin and just dismiss Pavard completely for a second. I, I had a really bad feeling because I was thinking if Rob's marking this and Van Persie's been picked for bronze, Bosch, I've got the gold, like no question. Um, but yeah, you you. I don't know. You 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 played that on the tension level very very well. I was I was I was getting quite nervous towards the end there. 
using the phrase of Van Bronckhorst wanging it forward just diffused it slightly. (laughs) When Callum picked uh, Van Persie as bronze, I knew you had it. I think it's all over. It is now. Do you know what the irony of that Van Persie goal is? I don't actually like it very much. I I think it's an overrated World Cup goal, but the fact that it went up against Pavard meant that it had to go in there because Pavard was the gold choice. I was magnanimous. Don't make me salty. Carl. Sorry, mate. <laughs> have a, Rob, have a Callum-esque meltdown just at the end of the series. Just... No, you can't manufacture those. Um, <laughs> they, come, they come naturally, mate. <laughs> also, I don't. as we've mentioned before this series, I don't have a bleep button at home to edit on. So, Do you know what? That's, that's probably one of my favourite episodes of the series, just in terms of... I think you you two going back and watching the goals from every World Cup and reminiscing about them and Rob bringing context to every single choice, regardless of whether it's his own or not. Um, I think that's one of my favourite episodes of the series and a fitting one to end the series ends on uh, Sam lifting the trophy for the second time in three sports rankers history. As he raises his empty glass of water for those of you not watching on the YouTube video, which we will eventually get up. Sam has promised that he's going to put the, all of these videos up on YouTube for you to go back and watch. So if you have been listening into series three of three sports rankers, you can go back and experience them all over again. Your favorite moments, your favorite answers, your favorite meltdowns from me. Um, Lots of them. You can, there are you can go back and watch as my face. You can go back and watch as my face drops as I realise that I'm getting one, maybe no points for an episode. You can go back and watch all of those moments. Um, you can go back and listen to the previous series as well of Three Sports Rankers. There's now three series for you to go back and listen to on your favourite podcasting app, website, or however you digest your podcasts. Um, we would also ask for you to go and give us a review, rate us, um, subscribe to all of that good stuff on wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple, whether it's wherever it may be, Acast. We are on all the, all the good podcasting sites and apps. So go and follow us and tell us what you think of us. Even drop us some suggestions for Series 4. The listener episodes will be back in Series 4, as will we. Um, but for the end of series three it's goodbye from myself from Rob and from Sam and it's a very well done to our series three champion Sam Barkley